Welcome into No Punt Intended, presented by Club Fantasy. I am your host, Joe Zolo, and joining me as always, Joshua Hudson and Ryan Weiss. And for the first time, I believe, on this show, one of our writers, Andrew Metcalf. Drew, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. Glad I could uh, come up off the, the practice squad and fill <laughs> in for, for Step Mile Lauren. So uh, yeah. I won't fill her shoes, but I'll, I'll see what I can do. I was going to say, that's that's like that's literally like Cam Newton trying to fill in for Tom Brady. It's just, it's hard to do. Very hard to do. <laughs> that's probably a good comparison. <laughs> Very hard to do. But we're happy to have you on first time on the show. And we are talking today, still our look inside team previews. We're talking Washington football team, Chicago Bears, and the Indianapolis Colts. Three cusp playoff teams i think uh i th- i think washington chicago more cusp and i think a lot of us feel with deshaun watson most likely not playing who knows um if he doesn't play i think indy probably has that division on lock depending on how uh tennessee's defense wants to react to the 2021 season but let's start in the nation's capital also thanks faith appreciate it this was the uh this was the bismarck larks fourth of july jersey um <laughs> I saw uh, it on Facebook. Pretty dope. Pretty sweet. Signed by my boy Cam Willman. Uh, lo- love you, Cam. Um, all right, let's start in the nation's capital or just outside of it with the Washington football team. Last year's record, 7-9. and nine. Still a playoff team at 7-9 and nine because, Josh, how NFC good is the least, NFC yeah. East? How good They're is the it, least. Josh? <laughs> the NFC least. <laughs> worst pretty crappy. Divi- literally the worst division in football. Terrible. Just terrible. Terrible. Very, very terrible, according to Charles Barkley. All right. Uh, Same head coach, Ron Rivera. No changes there. Let's start with the upsides. Ryan, you have Curtis Samuel. Josh, you have Antonio Gibson. Downside. Ryan, you said to never sit this guy last year, and now you're putting Terry McLaurin as your downside? I wanted to. I can't wait to hear this reasoning. (laughs) Right. Well, look, Ryan said he may lose power, so if he loses power you know why he's <laughs> well, off the if i lose if i lose power here's the sneak preview a d p it's out of control but we'll get to that in a second so. okay trust fall ryan you have antonio gibson josh you have terry mclaurin this is fantastic um rookie to watch uh diami brown don't draft him he'll catch two passes uh my sleeper curtis samuel i really didn't know who else to put here um, I didn't really look where Logan Thomas's ADP was, but I assume Logan Thomas is probably a solid sleeper at the tight end position. Again, I don't like putting tight ends as my sleeper, but sometimes I have to for some of these teams. And then my IDP is Cameron Curl. There's about seven guys you could draft on this defense comfortably in IDP and comfortably start them like 10 weeks of the season. Um, Chase Young being one, Deron Payne, uh, I'm uh, Montez Sweat. Uh, middle linebacker. Who's the middle linebacker they just drafted? Oh, um, our boy. Uh, our boy. I'm forgetting his name. I can't. How, Yamin, Yamin Davis. Davis. Yamin Davis. Oh, yeah. Jamin. Jamin Davis. <laughs> Not how you say his name. Uh, Yamin Davis from Kentucky. And Cameron Curl, Landon Collins, the, the duo. I think Cameron Curl takes over. Um, he's Dude is so damn good, and he was a seventh-round pick. Uh, he barely played the first half of the season and ended up finishing as a top 15 defensive back. He's unreal. Does absolutely I think, everything. I think the addition of William Jackson is going to help those safeties as well because oh. now they have someone who can actually cover on the outside. Yeah, and William Jackson, speaking of that, yeah, he had a great year last year for Cincinnati. And actually, Drew's two players who wants to talk about is Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson. So I guess 
Let's start with Terry McLaurin, and I'll let Drew kick it off, and then we can let Ryan uh, let us know why Terry McLaurin is a downside this year. But, Andrew, go ahead. Yeah, so Terry, I've always kind of considered myself one of the uh, the Terry truthers among the Twitter, Twitterverse, but uh, I think a lot of people missed this news, but this kind of came out a little bit after the season, but he did this interview, and uh, he announced that he actually suffered from two high ankle sprains in the, the middle of the season. He did and he, he didn't give an exact time frame, but I was like going through kind of looking at his his game logs and up through I think it was the first nine weeks, he was the uh, the wide receiver twelve in, in points per game. And then kind of in the, the middle of the season he kind of just had this this funky stretch. Uh, I mean, a lot of it had to do with the, the quarterback play because they were kind of, you know, going through some transitions. But I think that's like kind of that that middle stretch where he took that dip is where he had his first ankle injury and then obviously at, at some point in the the second half he he had it too but basically this it comes down to this he he kind of had the uh the worst of two worlds between his two quarterbacks last season with Alex Smith and Dwayne Haskins Haskins was one of the the least accurate guys and Alex Smith was one of the lowest a dot throwers so I mean they he still got his targets but I think a lot of his routes were just kind of watered down kind of just running those quick simple slant routes so I think with Fitzpatrick coming in like last season he was the the second best as far as deep pass percentage at 20 yards down the field I think we're just going to see Terry unleashed completely uh, we'll see his like full route tree open up uh, he's always been one of those uh, Matt Harmon's reception receptions uh, kind of darlings which I'm a, a big fan of that um, he, he just he can run routes all over the field get open uh, good with contested catches just not much not to like with him. So I'm just I'm excited about seeing him come in with a competent quarterback. Well, hopefully we'll see which which version of Fitz we get. <laughs> so, Ryan, I know you don't dislike Terry McLaurin from a, from adore, a skill standpoint. Adore Terry McLaurin, buying yeah. him in every dynasty league I'm in. So But <laughs> right now, and I don't know his ADP, I'm gonna look it up because you know our favorite oh, game do. is coming oh, up. <laughs> I was gonna say I do. It's it's my main knock against him. I wrote an entire article about it. So <laughs> Okay, well, uh, tell us tell us what the article was about. So it, it's the simple fact that we're taking a guy who, yes, subpar quarterback play, finished as the wide receiver 29 as a rookie, wide receiver 20 as uh, a sophomore, has never averaged more than 15 fantasy points per game, and we are now drafting him as the wide receiver 12. McLaurin, everything you loved about Terry McLaurin last year was the fact that you could land him as your wide receiver two, sometimes wide receiver three, and you knew you were going to get more than that. That's not the case anymore. Now you're fully committing to him as if you're lucky, you're wide receiver two and possibly your wide receiver one. And while I love the kid and he is going to have great weeks, he's going to have two or three 30 and 40 bombs. And it's, it's going to be fun. Number one, we don't know that Ryan Fitzpatrick's playing 17 games. So we might be talking Taylor Heinke. And as much as we want to pretend that game was fun, <laughs> it wasn't that fun for the receivers in fantasy. The goat. All in all, <laughs> all in all, you could be looking. And then obviously the very first thing was Terry McLaurin's going to get all the targets. Uh, his target market share has been 22 and 20%. If it was 20 in his rookie year, 22 in his second year, if that falls back down to 20%, we're back to looking at 125 to 130 targets, even over a 17 game season. He's not going to be the wide receiver 12. The price is too damn high. That's all it comes down to. I, I can't pay that even for my favorite player. The bargain is what made him fun. All, all those numbers in the term target market share sounded like you were presenting a marketing plan to the CEO of the company right That's there. That's what it's all very, about. That's what I'm very, doing. I'm 
very confused where we were going there. Uh, Josh, you have him as your trust fall, correct? So Yeah, I mean, for me, this offense runs through him. Uh, I, I'm a huge Antonio Gibson fan this year, and I know we'll, we'll, we'll get on him a little bit later. Um, but McLaurin's the guy that's been there, and he's been doing it. And he's done it with subpar quarterbacks. And Ryan, I again, to your point, I do understand – the, the fantasy finishes haven't been there, and maybe his ADP is spiking. But let's not forget that there was a time when everybody waited for that third-year wide receiver breakout, right? This is McLaurin going into his third season. I understand he's being drafted as a wide receiver one, but when you look at all of the guys that are around him, and yes, this is foreshadowing, so Joe, cue it up. Um, I There's a lot of, I don't know if I really want that guy over Terry McLaurin right now. Like, to me, all the stats were there except the touchdowns. And when you look at how bad the quarterback play was, if he has competent quarterback play, those touchdowns go up. And that then puts him in the top 15, top 12 range. I think that's possible this year. I'm not the biggest fan of Ryan Fitzpatrick, but he does have a tendency to start queuing in and zoning in on those that main playmaker guy for him. So I think that there's the opportunity that we're talking about that's giving him that ADP of wide receiver 12. First one thing I want to throw out is before I just make this a points per game argument, the thing that really hit me over his first 29 games, McLaurin has only been a wide receiver one, a top 12 wide receiver six times. He has missed the top 36, 18 out of 29 games. So we're talking about Amari Cooper level consistency. Yeah. <laughs> So first off, I want to say Josh, great foreshadowing. Second, Chris says Kelvin Harmon. Kelvin Harmon. Chris says Kelvin Harmon's going into his third year. I'm so glad Chris so. brought that up because the <laughs> intro to my Terry McLaurin article was in 2019, the fantasy world was excited about a rookie wide receiver in Washington. Kelvin Harmon. I don't yeah. know why everyone latched on to Kelvin Harmon in his fifth round what? draft capital. Six six round, isn't yeah. he? Hold on, hold on. Isn't he like six five? Yeah, he's a big. He's a big. That's it. Yeah, he's just a big guy. The but yeah, no, I remember people a... were making that this, that choice, like in rookie drafts in the third yeah. round, of taking. Do I take Harmon or or Terry Yes, Moore? that was like the big debate. The <laughs> world are a bunch of size queens. We got to stop this. <laughs> hey, hey. Size doesn't look matter. For those alphas, <laughs> <laughs> size doesn't matter. <laughs> hashtag Trey Mark. That's, I'm, I'm deleting my whole Twitter bio and just making it hashtag size doesn't hashtag matter. size doesn't matter. We demand equality in the fantasy. Imagine I'm going to lose quite a few followers at that point. Yeah, yeah. All but right. you might get a follow from Rondell Moore. There you go. Ah, That's true. Ah. <laughs> That's true. All right. So yeah, good, good foreshadowing. Uh, Drew, I don't know. I'm sure you probably listened once before, but brand new game we invented on this show a couple years ago is called a Would You Rather. Brand new yeah. game show. No one has ever played it before. We invented it on this show. <laughs> no one ever knew about it. Actually, the phrase was invented on the show. Yeah. So it really took off, really took off from the show. I, I mean, I hear Never it heard it before. Never yeah. heard of it. I hear it everywhere now. Okay. So let's start here. Terry McLaurin, according to Fantasy Pros, is wide receiver 12. I'm going to actually play this a little different because we're going to talk wide receiver one here because this is where he's being drafted uh, in 12-team leagues. I'm going to look at guys going in the... Because Terry McLaurin overall right now is 34. He is middle of the fourth round. So I'm looking at a receiver 
that's going in the last pick of the third round throughout the fourth round in the first pick of the fifth round. That's what I'm looking at right there. So we're going to kind of be jumping across. There's not too many disparages. Um, dispar- disparages? That's not the correct word. Discrepancies? Discrepancies. That was the word. English. Um, that's what we're going to be looking at. So less more of what their wide receiver blank is. It's more where their overall is right now. So Terry McLaurin overall, wide receiver 12, he's going overall 34. At wide receiver 9, going overall 29, would you rather... Michael Thomas or Terry McLaurin drew. And I don't want an explanation. I just want to know who you want. If you're in a draft, who you taking is your wide receiver one, Michael Thomas or Terry McLaurin. This is Michael Thomas. Okay. Josh. Yeah, I think I'd go to Thomas too. Ryan. MT. I'm not that crazy. <laughs> I'm kind of crazy. I, I'd take Terry McLaurin. I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little crazy. I would take wow. Terry McLaurin. I'm a, yeah, I'm a, I'm a little nuts. I'm a little nuts. I can get I can get wide receiver one Robert Woods in the uh, another round later, so it doesn't even matter. <laughs> <That's true>. um, <laughs> okay, so yeah, I it, it's, I'm gonna say the only reason I'm saying Terry McLaurin is if Taysom Hill is still a quarterback, I don't I don't it's think Michael Thomas. Yeah, yeah, like that that's an issue. If Jameis Winston's a quarterback, Michael Thomas might have 2,500 yards receiving this year because and 50 tackles and 50 tackles, right? <laughs> Your league, if your league awards tackles to receivers, Michael Thomas, <laughs> wide receiver one. Um, I don't know. He doesn't seem like the guy that's going to be chasing down. No, he really doesn't. <laughs> well, no. But here's the thing. He's the got to protect the bag kind of but, player. But yeah. here's the thing. Guard, he, decision. There <laughs> may be like right that sideline. There may be 15 interceptions where Winston underthrows him on a deep route, and he just happens to be going for the ball at the same time as there a defender. Go. There's 15 easy tackles. Right, they got to run right toward him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, at wide receiver 10 and 31 overall, would you rather Keenan Allen or Terry McLaurin? Andrew. Keenan would probably be like one, literally one spot before Terry. So Keenan. Okay. Josh. I actually have McLaurin over Keenan Allen in my projection. So I'm going to go McLaurin. We know we know what this side of the show is going. That's Ryan. Right. Keenan Allen, baby. Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen is is the best route runner not named Devontae Adams. I love Keenan Allen. Um, yeah, Keenan Allen, no doubt. Allen Robinson at wide receiver 11-32 overall, or Terry McLaurin? Drew. Uh, that's where yeah, I'll, I'll slide with uh, McLaurin, with the, the rookie quarterback coming in Chicago. Josh. I have Robinson a, few spot, a couple spots ahead of McLaurin. So I'm going to go Robinson, but I do understand the hesitancy, so to speak, with Robinson. But we've seen throughout his entire career him perform with shoddy quarterback play. So <laughs> no doubt, right? I think he'll do it. You're looking at two receivers who have performed with subpar quarterbacks throughout their yeah. entire career. That's what Ryan. I'm saying. Robinson's done it longer, so I'll, I'll go Robinson. Yeah. Hey, Rob. Hey, Rob, for me. Hey, Rob. It is close, though. For um, me. I, I'm going to go... McLaurin, just because I truly think Justin Fields gets sacked 40-plus times this year, <laughs> he doesn't have an offensive line. And what what was it? His, his release time, I think, was .8, someone said. Yeah, we which, talked about that. Which is double the average time of the NFL quarterback. So they, NFL quarterback, wow. you're supposed to th- get rid of the ball in three seconds. So if you're Justin Fields, you have to get rid of the ball in two seconds, realistically, to be safe. Yeah. You have to get rid of the ball in two seconds. Because your wind-up's longer. I don't think he's doing that. 
So, and, and that's, that's well, he might not have a choice with that line being that shitty. Maybe these are mechanical things that he's working on. Yeah, I, no, sure. Know, sure. You know, sure. And, and uh, they did yeah, draft yeah. the left tackle to protect him. So there's that. But again, we've seen all the time where rookie tackles come in and they take takes a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And I, I love Talvin Jenkins. The rest of that offensive line is so bad. It is terrible. And that's, that's why I'm a little weary I'm not weary of Monty or anything like that because we saw Montgomery did just oh he did just fine. Yeah, and they made some season. adjustments too to the line midseason and played a little did. bit better. Yeah. yeah, they did. And we'll get we'll get to the Bears in a sec. I forgot they're our next team. But Terry McLaurin at 34, or Julio Jones, who is wide receiver 15, but is going overall 39. Drew. Um, yeah, I love Julio. I, I gotta take Terry there. Just sort of consistency, staying on the field. Josh. Yeah, I'm not drafting Julio Jones as my wide receiver one. I will give that mantle to Terry McLaurin. So Ryan. Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin. That's there we go. Not not even close. We got That's one out of Ryan. Right there. Yeah. <laughs> now, I am not a McLaurin hater. I was yeah, no, fully I, I, I on was that truth train with you last year, but the ADP is terrified. Me. I get it. Yeah, now, he's been drafted near his ceiling. I'll admit that. So here is the last guy. He's wide receiver 13 going as the first pick in the fifth round. So 40 overall. Again, I'm, I'm judging based off 10-team leagues. It's just easier to do the math that way. Um, yeah, way that. easier to do the math that way. Um, if we're talking 12-team, he's the fourth pick in the fourth round. Um, C.D. Lamb or Terry McLaurin? I knew Drew. he was going to come up. Uh, Terry McLaurin. I'm, I'm still team Cooper. Is Quick to it, baby. In Dallas. Yep. Okay, Josh. Yeah, I, I still have Cooper over Lamb, but in my projections, I have both Cooper and Lamb over McLaurin. Oh, so I'm, wow. I'm going to have to go Lamb on this. Oh, yeah, okay, I think Dallas is going to throw the football eight ton. Eight hundred times. Eight hundred <laughs> times. They're only five points away in my projections, but it tilts towards Lamb. So, CD Lamb. Oh, okay. CD Lamb. Not even a question. The you mean the best receiver on the Dallas Cowboys? CD. That's Lamb? my thing. Is McLaurin? We. Everything I've projected for McLaurin is as him being the one. I'm projecting Lamb as the two, and if that changes, then it's he's a league winner. So yeah. And and Hutch Hutch is timed in. Thanks for watching, Hutch. We appreciate. What's up, it. Hutch? Uh, Terry over Julio. He says that's easy. Yeah, it, Hutch. It should be that easy for the entire fantasy community. But everyone, uh, <laughs> everyone got a little happy. We'll keep it PG. Got a I little just, happy. I'm not going to talk. Julio direct trash because i don't even remember who did it anyway but you guys are all aware of this because you're in the chat but someone took julio over justin jefferson in my scott fishbowl league and i am just the happiest person that that happened you ever. wait you you didn't know that alabama is better than lsu that's I, what they're judging clearly <laughs> jeez man you i, I was already ready to tilt, and then i didn't want that guy to take a wide receiver and then he takes julio and i'm like okay well that worked out just very well for me so Thank you, whoever you were. Right, I, right. I, I think I think the issue was is they thought they thought it actually said 2012 <laughs> Scott Fishbowl draft. There you go. 2021. So Justin Jefferson was a little dyslexia. Yeah, Justin Jefferson was only in middle school at that I was, point, probably I was elementary. Shocked school. that it happened. Yeah, but so and also yeah. very happy. And Hutch also says Terry over CD. Uh, I'm just. Can't be right every time, but yeah, I'm on, I'm on, I'm on the lamb train hard. Maybe. Yeah, I am too. Um, all right, let's slide into, cause I, th I think that was, that was the big talk there yeah. was Terry McLaurin. Cause it, I, I didn't realize how high his ADP was. And again, 
as many of you know, I don't look at the show doc until 20 minutes before. And I actually didn't look at it until I was reading that name off that Ryan had him as his downside. And I was like, the fuck? That was weird. Like, this make sense. <laughs> Who have we replaced Ryan with? Yeah. <laughs> Strange. I could have sworn I remember him last year. Consistently Again, riding Terry McLaurin like a pony. Every dynasty league I'm in. I think I may have Terry McLaurin on roster, except for our league where that guy won't do a damn trade for any reason whatsoever. But anyway. I know I've been trying to get Deontay Johnson from him forever. And it's pissing me off. Uh, whoever it is, whoever it is, Josh will give you a under the table for Deontay Johnson. So just, I would, I'd hop on that train immediately. All right. The Chicago Bears, it is painful it is painful. Two playoff teams that we're talking about right now went so seven and nine and eight Antonio and eight. Gibson, damn. No, uh, and, and Antonio Gibson isn't. You know what? The Washington Football Team should have drafted someone to replace Antonio Gibson. Honestly, he's a true receiver. No. Well, remember the rumors what? that like they were looking at Najee Harris. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Is that Peter Schrager had Najee Harris yeah, being was drafted Schrager, by right. the Washington yeah. Football Team? Well, even worse, I saw. I can't remember who it was. It I might have been Schrager at one point. Had ATN going there. I'm like, what sense does that make? Blows my mind. <laughs> but also, also, what sense does the fucking Jaguars drafting Travis ETN make? That's stupid as well. No. So I want to yeah. throw out. Sneak preview of an article that's coming out. Um, I don't want to get the person's name. I'm trying to remember. I've edited a lot of articles. I think it's Jeff Bell is putting out an article for football guys where he is showing how ETN could fit into Urban Meyer's RPO. And it's it changes your mind on it a little bit. So Interesting. I'll believe it when I see it. There you All go. Right. Super Howdy team. Chicago Bears. Same coach. For some fucking reason. Matt Nagy. <laughs> Upside. Hutch, just turn on like turn on like the, the bleep button. Does YouTube have that? Because he said you don't need to keep it PG. So one of my favorite the very first Hutch episode, I watched every one of us bite our tongue on something we were about <laughs> to say because Hutch was on the show. Is my I, I remember it to this day. It was it was awesome. We keep it PG for Hutch. All right, that's right. Um, upside. Apparently not today. <laughs> yeah, no, no, he's not on the show. He gave me the okay. Gave me the green light. Dad is in. Dad's in the bathroom. He's he's fine. Um, okay, upside. Ryan, you have Darnell Mooney. Josh, you have David Montgomery. Downside. Can you guys just fucking agree for once? Ryan, David Montgomery. Josh Cole Komet. I we'll get to Komet in a second. That's I don't what the hell. Trustful. Uh Ryan, you have actually both have Allen Robinson, so congratulations. Rookie to watch, Justin Fields. Can you name me another offensive rookie on this team? Not named Telvin Jenkins. Tevin. Sorry, I kept saying Cole, keep... Cole Komet's getting a do-over. Oh yes, yeah, sorry. Ben, <laughs> it's his uh, it's his Ben Simmons year. I forgot. <laughs> forgot. That's my bad. No, Daz Newsome. I heard Andrew yeah, say that. Yeah, so. uh, okay. Uh, my sleeper, I have Darnell Mooney. Um, there's no one else to call a sleeper on this team. But, no, I do like Darnell Mooney. He's fantastic. And then IDP, I don't like repeating guys year after year, and I don't like doing obvious guys, which is why I picked Cameron Curl last, and you'll see who I picked for Indianapolis. I can't think of another living soul that you should draft on this defense outside of Roquan Smith. He's that good. Like he, I think he, he missed his rookie year. He was a top 10 guy. I think he missed one year. And then last season, he was another top 10 guy. Unbelievable. He Does is, Khalil Mack not do well in IDP formats? Sack heavy. It depends on the scoring. Yeah. Okay. It depends on the scoring and where he's listed. In the leagues I play in, he's listed as a linebacker. 
Oh, yeah, as a linebacker, yeah, it's killing. useless. Okay. Yeah. That, just, that destroys <laughs> right. him. Like that, he does nothing as a linebacker. Well, get I saw uh, Sleeper just made a switch that all edge rushers got defensive line eligibility. So. Yes, and that and that, and that that could be big because I, I drafted Shaq Barrett in one of my leagues because mm-hmm. he has defensive line eligibility and I get six points for a sack. That's a no-brainer. Yeah. If you can do that, Khalil Mack to me has kind of died off the last couple of seasons. He hasn't been as... As he, he has those as, pop games, it's just he does to predict them exactly. So. Yeah, he does. He hasn't been as much of a like Aaron Donald and him were like being compared as like the two best defensive linemen or you know guys in the league. Aaron Donald has been consistently a home wrecker since he's been <laughs> in the league. Khalil Mack was a home wrecker in Oakland first year in Chicago, obviously, was the year that Chicago had the best defense in the league, but he's kind of died off the last few seasons. So not saying he still isn't one of the best edge rushers and one of the best players in his position. He's just kind of died off to the point where I don't really think you hear his name like being mentioned. Like he, I I would take Bradley Chubb at at this point over Khalil Mack because Chubb is playing opposite Von Miller, who is getting more of the attention instead of Khalil Mack. Right, and that's what I was going to say. That Chubb was still doing well last year, but he he was better last year. Chubb was no, out after week week five. I thought Miller was out. No, Miller was out last year. Chubb, and then Chubb was out the the year before. Chubb, Chubb was out the year okay. before. Yeah, the year Apologies. before. Apologies. No, I was gonna say like the Chicago Chicago they don't have that legit you know other threat like in Denver. So when no. with Miller and Chubb they're both they're better when both of them are playing. Like oh when one God, is just yeah. playing, they can kind of focus on them. They're they're not as effective. And I I think that's just what's going on with Mac. They just he gets all of the attention. He, he gets exactly he gets all. Yeah, the they attention. thought they saw. With uh, I think it was Leonard Floyd, I believe. Leonard but Floyd, then yeah. You know, flaked out and. But uh, he, he went to the, the LA Rams and had like his best career season. Yeah, <laughs> but but again, it's like, who who you gonna who you gonna freaking double team Leonard Floyd or Khalil Mack? Like you don't need to yeah, worry exactly. about Leonard Floyd off the edge. Like you're gonna chip Leonard Floyd. You're gonna chip Khalil Mack. No one's chipping Roquan Smith because he's too fast and he's a middle linebacker. No one's chipping it. <laughs> you're not making it out there, dude. No, you're not making it out there, dude. Um, yeah, he he gobbles up the run, and that's exactly what you want. All right, Cole Komet. What the fuck? Like, what what is with this fascination of Cole Komet? So I'm not going to lie to you, Joe. I did my research for the show, and literally that is almost what my notes say. It's like, why are we excited? <laughs> I don't I don't understand. And let me let me preface this. I don't know where he's being drafted. I'm going to look this up right so now. So his ADP right now, according to Fantasy Pros, is tight end 20. So yeah, it's not and like, that's the reason right there. Yeah. Like, below he's just starting Cook. tight end. <laughs> yeah, but in every freaking draft I'm in, people are taking him in the top 12, top 15 because they think he's going to be a, a breakout. Excuse me, teacher. Blake Jarwin is being drafted at tight end twenty-two. So what the hell are we doing? That's right. What the hell? I would are we take doing? commit over Jarwin, coming off of Achilles. Would you? I mean, what? So commit obviously kind of had to sit behind Jimmy Graham, which legit I realized Jimmy Graham was still on the roster like last month. Like I'm, in my head, <laughs> he's still he was on the just roster today. He's still on the roster. No, I'm just saying. Yeah, like last month was when I realized. Like in my head, I was like, oh, he's getting cut. So like at the beginning of the offseason, I was just kind of assumed he was gone. Then I was like, oh shit, oh my he's god, still he on is. The roster. But commit didn't take over as a starter to like week twelve, and from that point on, his his like full season pace was like 88 targets, which would have been like the 10th best tight end. So I'm not, I'm not saying I'm like excited that he's going to break out, but I mean, if you're picking in the, the late teens, I, I mean, I would take a shot over commit versus guys like, I don't know, like drawing. Um, I'm not, I can't remember like who else is going down there, but I think he, so, he could be a good value. 
so, Smith is another one. That's yeah, so I'm, a, too, I'm just going to throw out so. some names here. So let's imagine you're in a 12-team league, right? All your Everyone's taking at least one tight end by round 11. I feel like that's reasonable, right? Yeah. Some people, like me, I tend to wait a little late. So let's imagine the top 12 guys on this list right now are gone. So I will list them. Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, George Kittle, Mark Andrews, Kyle Pitts, TJ Hawkinson, Dallas Goddard, Noah Fant, Logan Thomas, Mike Gesicki, Irv Smith Jr., and Evan Ingram. Those are the top 12 tight ends, PPR, according to Fantasy Pros. Now you can disagree with that all you want because there's some (laughs) ridiculous names falling into the teens that I don't get, which I'm sure that will change come August. I'm sure that will change come August. But... Just right now, let's play this right now. We're going to play a Would You Rather for 13 through 24. And I guarantee you, Komet gets said twice. Twice he gets said at this point. Okay. Would you rather, as your backup tight end, let me wait. You don't even have to start this guy. Backup tight end. Would you rather Hunter Henry or Cole Komet, Drew? Komet. <laughs> Blah is the correct answer, Josh. I'm firmly on the Johnu train, and I would still take Hunter Henry over Cole Komet. Ryan. I was expecting to not say Komet, but I would take Komet <laughs> over Henry. Uh, I'm, with, I'm, I'm on the Jonu Smith train as well, but if it comes down to these two, Hunter Henry, like, I'm sorry, like, Hunter Henry, he, he will see more touchdowns because he's playing a Rob Gronkowski role. So, ergo, end zone. Uh, Hunter Henry. Um, speaking of Rob Gronkowski, Rob Gronkowski or Cole Komet? Back up, my dad. Back up. Drew. And I'll drift Gronk in that offense. Josh. Gronk, touchdown upside. Cole Komet was like non-existent in the red zone last year. And as long as Jimmy Graham is on that team, he's going to remain non-existent. They're going to roll him out there every time they get into the five. Yep. Yeah, it's yep. Gronk. <laughs> Ryan. Gronk. Okay, yeah, fantastic. Rob Gronkowski, the greatest tight end of all time. Uh, 15. Jonu Smith, Drew. All right, it's easily Jonu. I'm on the Jonu train like y'all. Jo- Josh, I already you said Jonu. Ryan, John, I have been screaming Jonu Smith's name since they <laughs> got him in free agency. I traded for him the day after they signed you him did. in our I dynasty. The day <laughs> after. All three of us saw it, actually. Yeah, the I, day after. I did it. And I got Ryan, rid of him. Ryan traded him to me. I think I, I, think I gave away a third-round pick. That, it was the, it was like pick swap. I was just trying to Oh yeah, it, so. it was a pick swap. I got Jonu Smith and we swapped third round picks. Sign me up. I have Travis Kelsey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ryan didn't need him. Ryan did not need him in the slightest. Um okay. Uh Tyler Higby or Cole Komet? Drew. That's a commit for me. I've never been a Higby fan. Okay, Josh. He's going to disappoint y'all again. This is my because <laughs> I'm I'm the furthest thing from a Higby truther. Um, oh God. Um, Can, all right, have Ryan go. Have Ryan go. He knows. This is not close for me. Addition of Matt Stafford, loss of Gerald Everett. It's Tyler Higby. Higby for me for that exact same reason. Matt Stafford. Josh. Yeah, I think I I would lean Higby. The Rams are actually the next team that I'm that I'm statting out, so I might have a better answer for next week. <laughs> And Higby is going to disappoint y'all again, man. Don't, oh, don't listen. Fall for oh, it. I know he's going to break hearts. Trust <laughs> oh. me. I get it. No, 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 no. And Komet's breaking hearts, too. He's going so. to disappoint you as your tight end, too. <laughs> That's yes. true. Not... Wow. Okay. All That's right. the problem. People are drafting both of them to be a tight end one because they're they're playing the waiting game at tight end. So. Well, if I'm playing the waiting game, I mean, 
I don't. Are we seriously going to go through twenty four tight ends? <laughs> no, no, we're we're we still got a few more names. It just blows my mind that well, there are some are, names down here that are shocking to me, and I think you're yeah, going to say that. And, and so. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna pull those names out right now. Yeah, wide receiver uh, tight end seventeen, Robert Tanyan or Cole Komet? Exactly, Drew. that's the one. Yeah, like oh, we lost Drew. I think connection issues. Jo- I, okay, by the reaction, Josh yeah. and Ryan are both. I just don't get what is happening with Tunyon right now because he's falling in every draft I'm in. His I do I've been doing a lot of the uh, best ball on uh, underdog. He's free. Like literally what free. I've been doing is I either take Kelsey very early or I go in and and at my queue, Janu, Higby and um Tanyan because they are all basically free and I can land all three of them in best ball. And I feel like that's just a home run. So that's unbelievable to me that Jonu is free in best ball. Like that yeah. blows my mind. I, I'm John is free in a lot of leagues. People right are now. not. Well, the problem is, and this is something I've been talking about on Twitter recently. People are too dependent on site rankings or ADP. And until the whole curve catches up, these guys are, are never pop up on your screen and people draft who's on their screen. You have to go find those guys like Janu in all honesty, Joe, just to button this conversation up. Janu is a guy that if you waited till late, he should be your first one. He's the one you don't want to get away. And then you're looking at guys like Tunyon and Tyler Higby because they're, they're touchdown threats is the main thing. We saw Higby pop for three last year in the one game. Josh called that perfectly. That's it's what he does. And hopefully you can see that more this year. But I don't understand this being just a slave to IDP and taking guys like, I know we kind of like him on the show, but Mike Jasicki, Irv Smith should be dead in fantasy right now. I don't understand. His coach is trash-talking him, and he played even snaps with Tyler Conklin to end the season last year. It makes no sense. Tyler Conklin, who is tight end 48 right now. Isn't he like a former MMA fighter or some shit like that? Oh, he's a big boy. He is a big boy. Um, But just... Just I, I feel like th- this one is interesting because Julio Jones is now gone, which de facto means Kyle Pitts is the wide receiver too. Yeah. Hayden Hurst is tight end 32. Yeah, and that, I would no, take look, Hayden Hurst all day over Cole Over Komet. Cole Komet. Like at yeah. that point, right? Hay- Hayden Hurst. I don't even care if he's the second tight end on that team. It's the same thing with Henry. They're going to get involved. But it's, it's, not, it's not even him being like the second tight end. I'm telling you, Kyle Pitts is going to spread out and Hayden Hurst will run from the tight end position. They're both going to be on the field. Now Hayden yep. Hurst snap percentage is going to be lower than last year. He'll probably hover in the, I, I don't say, know. And his utilization percentage will drop a little utilization bit. Utilization percentage yeah. will drop, but I, I'm sorry. You, you can't tell me that teams aren't going to try and double cover Kyle Pitts, leaving Hayden Hurst wide open in the red zone. We know Hayden Hurst can produce. So again, and this is, you're not drafting him as your first guy. I'm sitting here. Hayden Hurst is going in the 29th round. Yes, yeah, so he's literally, and that's only because Dynasty exists that that ADP exists. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. Would you take Kyle Rudolph over Cole Komet at this point? No. Rudolph, I think, is going to be more of a touchdown threat. What do you want for your backup tight end? Exactly. You touchdowns. want touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's literally Jason Witten who has Jason Garrett as his, as his OC now. Like, yeah. what are we doing? It blows my mind. It blows my mind. And, it, that and here's what's funny. High. And what's funny is it's going to get worse if Jimmy Graham is a cut at some point. 
Um, I just went in to go look and see what's going on with Graham. Literally, an article came out a week ago that Graham was contemplating retirement when they lost to the Saints last year. I'm that's not, not that's not the mindset that you he, want going into training camp. <laughs> Ryan, so. he caught a one-handed pass in the end zone and just dropped it and ran and walked off the field because he knew the yep. game was over. Like that that to me screams retirement. But other thing too, like and he was well, just apparently yeah, I mean, in a if very he retires, that's one thing. Then sure, commit. Yeah, you know moves right up and that's fine but again he's still on the roster at this point i'm just a so. little confused that tim tebow is being drafted over guys like dalton schultz and hayden hurst i think that's i think that's the real hayden hurst issue. makes no sense dalton schultz i mean if you want to take i i get it, but it's it's like you know if you're worried about the blake jarwin issue like i know i know drew who popped in and out for a second i know drew said he's worried about jarwin's achilles yeah and that's if a worried about point. jarwin's achilles i mean you know dalton schultz is in there uh, yeah, just the the fact that Cole Komet is being drafted, whereas Hayden Hurst isn't. If like, what's that's funny is scary. we're going to know very early. Hayden Hurst is going to be on waiver wires to start the season in just yes. about every league, and we're going to know very early if Pitts is the wide receiver too. And if that happens, and Hurst ends up playing his seventy to eighty percent snap count that he played last year, Hurst is going to be scooped up and every league he's going to be a prime waiver wire target in every league oh my goodness yeah and then the last one quickly that we wanted to get to here is david montgomery excuse me now uh ryan you had him as your downside and my assumption is adp it's really not it's because his adp is very fair um i it's hard for me to call him an upside my biggest concern is this offense in 2019 versus 2020 looked completely different minus Tariq Cohen. Um, in 2019, they threw the ball to their running backs over 150 times. Last year, that fell to, I think, below 100 times. And with Cohen coming back, I understand Montgomery proved himself as a pass-catching running back last year. I They're going to use Cohen what he's good at, and that's that's my but biggest is he? He's one of the least efficient backs in the league. Thank you, Drew. Thank you. (laughs) He is terrible. (laughs) So now you're depending on common sense coaching, and that's not going to happen either. It's what they yeah, not with Matt Nagy there. But I actually did an interesting study. So I took Monty's like his 2019 rushing, like when like Cohen was all the way healthy in his 2020 receiving. And he actually he still would have been the RB thirteen like even with that rookie year, and it's not like he he didn't get a huge uptick in carries either like he only had seven more carries last yeah. year but I think I think he became a better runner I mean the schedule obviously helped out but he doesn't get enough credit for just becoming a, a better running back and developing this yeah. was the first team where I didn't like having to break everybody down into I I didn't know who to call the downside here because nobody's ADP is really high enough for them yeah, to be a downside. So Monty just went there because of all the guys that were available for me to pick. It's hard for me to call like Darnell Mooney, Anthony Miller, who's not being drafted, even Cole Cometa downside. It's hard for me to call Justin Fields because he could literally take the world over if he gets to start early enough. So it had to be Monty for me. And I guess it's not so much that he's a downside. I don't know that his ceiling is as high as Drew and Josh are going to try to convince you it is. <laughs> well, just just something to add because I, I do just want to. I just. I mean, we saw a ceiling touch. last year. I yeah. mean that that's kind of what I the way that I'm looking at it. I mean, we saw what a ceiling is is being drafted as RB twenty. Like that to me still screams upside because he could still easily move up another fourteen spots because we've seen it. Yeah, that's kind of that's just kind of where I'm. And plus, I went with Monty because I knew that. 
Joe was going to pick Mooney as a sleeper, and I didn't want to double up. So, so and just, just something, because I just I wanted to quickly just go over it. To support Ryan's side, Justin Fields can take carries away from David Montgomery, which could slide that in there. And, but he can also make him more efficient. Uh, yeah, right, Josh, that's always Josh, one of those kind of you know chicken or the egg things. All right. Yeah, Josh, I'm I'm getting there. I'm going to support both sides here. Um, and and the offensive line is garbage, like I've already talked about. Josh's side, you already brought it up. He Justin Fields could make Monty more efficient because one, not only you know dumping off in the backfield, but also the threat of Justin Fields running could mean that the defense spreads out a little more in the box and is less clamped in the middle. And to support Josh's side, Monty didn't give two shits about the offensive line last year. He still ran like a beast in the second half of the season. So, and he was also, you want to talk about a Barry Sanders type statistic. He, he had eight missed tackles behind the line of scrimmage in one game. That's absurd. Like that is, that's, that is a Barry Sanders statistic right yeah, there. I think it's, but it's but that was Monty's calling card going back to college. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's always been, yeah, like a... He's always Drew, been that good. Tackle. Drew has a good stat on this. I remember it from your article. Go ahead and throw that stat out, Drew. As far as, yeah, the, the broken tackle rate. Like I said, my, so my laptop crashed. I'm actually on my work, lot, work computer right now, so I don't have any of like, my stuff I had prepared up. But I think I want to say he got was like you, the second, second or third highest as far as the uh, broken tackle rate. Oh, easy. And two, go... Top five in the league. Going back to his last year at Iowa State, because I remember we talked about it on our Rookie to Watch series when we talked about running backs. I think he had 51 forced missed tackles. Not broken tackles, forced missed tackles in the NCAA, and it led the NCAA by a double-digit amount. Like, it was it was yep. absurd. And the issue is that he he just doesn't have enough burst or acceleration once he no. missed the tackle to, like, run away for folks. But if you believe in the, you know, off-season hype about him training to, to get faster and, and slim down, I mean, if... If Monty comes out with a little bit of burst to him, he's he's gonna be RB one again. He's got the wiggle. He's got the wiggle. The wiggle, right? According <laughs> according to your article, Drew, yeah. Montgomery tied with Antonio Gibson for having the second best broken tackle rate last season, and he was the only running back with both two hundred plus carries and a top five broken tackle rate in the NFL last year. Yeah, that's awesome. Gross. That was a great stat pool. <laughs> Utterly gross. And you know, it's funny. He's he's not the biggest guy. He is a smaller guy. That takes me back to when Dion Lewis with for the with the Patriots averaged five yeah. yards a carry and forced fifty five missed tackles in one season. That just mm. that just blows my mind. Like guys of that size, right? Those tiny guys making slippery, making Ch- Chase Young sized human beings. Maybe a little smaller. Chase Young is like the the ceiling, but like those those size human beings just miss. Like they could reach one arm out, throw Montgomery over their shoulder. And carry them like they're walking away and like leaving home, like like that. That's what they could do. Blows my mind. It's it's just unreal. Like that's that's how impressive David Montgomery is. And All the right. only other thing I wanted to bring up with Montgomery, sure. as far as the schedule, like a lot of the easiest teams he faced: Green Bay, Detroit, Minnesota. They're on the schedule again. He seems to be facing them again. <laughs> exactly. So it's like people are complaining, saying, "Yeah, he Drew, had easy schedule." It's the same schedule. Drew, I have a question. Did those defenses improve at all? Green Bay might have, but other than no. that, no. The quick they, answer was the quick answer. Fuck no. They did nothing. They did just... nothing to upgrade either of those defenses. Um, so yeah, it, those defenses suck. Yeah, suck. The only thing is Minnesota gets back Daniil Hunter. That's the only thing. 
I think Minnesota's run defense will be better than last year. Just for the sole reason of Daniel Hunter will need to be, you know, didn't, yeah, that's what I add in Gakwe as well. Yep. Yannick, yeah, Yannick and isn't huge in the rushing game. He's more in the passing game. Same thing with Daniel Hunter. Ngakwe no, no, signed with, with Las yeah. Vegas. Oh, okay. Yeah. They traded oh, you're correct. Yeah, he walked in. And Gakwe was there last year. Yeah, yes, that's correct. Right. My bad. But Daniel Hunter. Daniel Hunter, is, <laughs> Daniel Hunter is the best defensive end in He's fantasy football and in the NFL. Defensive end. Best, best in football. Um, so that is something that Minnesota does get back, and I think their run defense will improve. Every other defense in that division is dog shit. So, all right, Indianapolis Colts, ladies and gentlemen, fifteen minutes. Let's do it. All right, eleven and five last year. I believe they're the second team that we have so far this year that we've talked about over five hundred. The other being the Miami Dolphins. Frank Reich is the same coach. Upside Ryan, Paris Campbell, Josh Michael Pittman. Downside Ryan, Naheem Hines, Josh Carson Wentz. That has to hurt. Trust fall. You both have Jonathan Taylor. Rookie to watch, Kylan Granson. Jeopardy question and $100 to anyone who could tell me what college he attended. Stanford, I believe. Wow. Or no, an SMU. Sorry, SMU. Oh, is he a receiver? Well, he's a tight end. He's a tight end. Oh. <laughs> they did split him out wide quite a bit, though. No, he's not listed as a receiver. He's not a true SMU wide receiver. 60% of his snaps he's, lined up. Uh, he's outside in the slot he's he's not part of that Cortland sutton emmanuel sanders cole beasley blood he's part of a part of a different different group uh my sleeper zach pascal for some damn reason he finds his way to be a high wide receiver too like five weeks of the season so if you can find those five weeks congratulations <laughs> it'll be the week that paris campbell's out yeah 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 that's basically it look for that big o next to paris campbell's name so, yeah. uh and my idp all right the obvious one is darius leonard and i told you earlier i'm trying not to pick the obvious ones right. darius leonard is a top five linebacker in fantasy football and arguably the best linebacker in football right now my IDP is Julian Blackman. He's the safety. He has progressively gotten better. He is He's a bullet across the field. And I, I've said this before, too. I don't like drafting cornerbacks. I like drafting safeties. When I watched Colts games last year, when they popped on in the red zone, Julian Blackman's name popped off to me a little bit. And he didn't have, you know, he had 125 points for a safety last year. That's not, like, that's not even close to, like, top 30 numbers for safeties. But... Rookie year had 90. Next year had 125. This is his third season. I think he progresses somewhere into that 160 range. So if you're in a deep IDP league, or if you play all IDPs and you need two safeties or three defensive backs, I think Julian Blackman's a good guy to have. Or you can even have him as your backup on your roster as well because there are plenty of really good matchups for him this year. Look at his division. It'll tell you six really good matchups for him this year. Um... And just, there's not too many bright spots on this indie defense. Personally, they're just a really good team defense. I think Julian Blackman is the second bright spot after Darius Leonard. So Julian Blackman is a guy to keep an eye on. He's in his third season. I think he's someone that can, uh, that can pop off in this next season. All right. The two guys Drew wants to talk about is Michael Pittman and Paris Campbell, and they just so happen to be Ryan and Josh's uh, upsides. <laughs> so I guess, man, see, so Drew, I was going to put Paris Campbell as my sleeper, and then I said, you know what? 
That's I why I didn't put him as the upside. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I thought for sure you were gonna. It's put so Campbell funny how y'all are always well, trying to guess each other's moves. Well, you know, you know, Josh, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you why I didn't. I said, you know, I was gonna put Paris Campbell there. Then I realized he's still a rookie in his third season because he All hasn't right. played a down in the NFL. <laughs> so I. Uh, I don't MLB really know. It's about to be fair, he's played nine right? games <laughs> out of a possible thirty-two, but who's counting? Nine games out of a possible thirty-two. Currently, uh, he's currently what his batting average would be about two sixty-five. That's Hall of Fame numbers in the MLB right now. So I guess Paris, <laughs> Paris Campbell's in the wrong sport. Um, I, I just I sat there and I said I can't put him as my sleeper because Zach Pascal, who is the fourth receiver on this depth chart, who in my honest opinion, could be a wide receiver too on a lot of other teams because I do think he has that type of skill. Drew, where do you sit on Paris Campbell? So Campbell, he's he's been I've written about him a, a few times. He's one of my my favorite sleepers too coming into the the year. And obviously, I you can't overlook the the injury issues. I mean, the dude gets he can't stay on the field. But I mean, when you when you look at the different you know, fantasy doctors or just NFL doctors in general that have like talked about his injuries. None of them are anything that's like long-term or even none of them were related to the previous one. They were just a line of just fluke freak injuries. And it pretty much just comes down to when he's on the field, he he plays and he, he gets targets. It only took him four weeks to become a starter. His, uh, his rookie season in, in week four, I think he had, I want to say he had like 60 or 70 uh, receptions. Um, the week one of this season, his only full game, he, Led the team in targets. I think he had like nine targets, put up a 70 reception game or a 70 yard game. So yeah, it's, I mean, if, if you can get past the injuries and trust them, I mean, if, if he's on the field, I, I think he'll he'll kind of be in that low end wide receiver two, wide receiver wide receiver three conversation for fantasy. Ryan and Josh chime in. I re- I just I don't like Paris Campbell. So. Oh, I drew hit it on the head for me. The big thing for me is just they use him. The coaching staff hasn't changed, and every time he's on the field, they use him. Um, five starts in nine games. If you take away the, the second game of last year where he had zero targets. And then as drew brought up three games where he had to work his way in, he's averaging six targets a game in the games where he's played. And the most interesting thing about Paris Campbell, and this was just mind blowing to me every time I have to go in and stat this guy out is we haven't even seen him do what he is in the NFL to do. Paris Campbell is fast. He is a field stretcher. He is a yak guy. He is averaging 9.5 yards per reception right now. He has not scratched the surface of what he's going to do in the NFL, or he's going to be the guy who we write off one day and say what could have been. But if he can keep it together, not only are we going to see six targets a game, which over a 17-game season is 102 targets, pretty damn good for a wide receiver three. But if he ups that into where he should be 14 to 15 yards per reception, all of a sudden we're talking about a guy who's going to have some huge weeks out there. And we just haven't had a chance to see that yet. Yeah. I, yeah I love- and it was a far cry from his rookie year to last year in terms of where he was running last year. They actually ran him over 90% out of the slot. Like they basically said, you are our slot receiver. Mm-hmm. And if there's one thing we know about Carson Wentz, he throws to the slot. That's where he's looking, yeah. Yep. Last year, and I'll just and I'll use last year as a prime example. I mean, we're talking about Greg Ward, who was a quarterback in college, mind you. Took him a few years to finally figure out the wide receiver position. The Eagles promoted him. He led 
the Eagles in percentage of routes run from the slot and led the team in targets last year. This is where Carson Wentz looks. If Paris Campbell plays, even if it's 14 games, I think he has a legit shot at minimum of 80 targets. And that should play well, at least for some flex positive weeks. So I just I just want to go back to Ryan's point of he's fast. I love John Ross and Tavon Austin as much as the next guy for their speed. Same with Henry Ruggs. I love those guys. The issue is they don't do anything. Yeah. That's the issue. And even, and I believe this is uh, Daniel Bragg, who, because just judging by his profile picture, he's a Colts fan. He thinks Paris Campbell's oh, a hot no. pile of shit. <laughs> it's just hard to call a guy trash. He, it's not like he's got on the field and played poorly. He right. can't stay on the field is the issue. Yeah, hot pile of trash. Can't, can't stay on the field. At the very least, he's medical waste. Come on. <laughs> medical okay, waste, fine. right? <laughs> fine. Medical waste. Politically John, correct. I like it right. What's John Ross? Very off call, brand for you, can, but that's okay. Can we call can we call John Ross bad considering he he's always hurt? Yes. Okay, so we can call Paris Campbell bad because no, John, John Ross John Ross his his rookie year he finished with negative fantasy points. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan. He tried. Okay. <laughs> no, he, he literally didn't. No, that's the yeah. problem. Ross has had way more opportunity than Campbell has. This is true. True. He tried. Okay, he tried. <laughs> that's some sometimes sometimes the ball's slippery. All right. Had a little too much buttery toast in the morning. Didn't have his gloves on right. Okay. Fair enough. Pa- Paris Campbell is terrible. He's not good. So. The four three speed can do all that he wants, but I took him as the one oh eight in his rookie draft, and that Oof. dickhead has done nothing. Nothing. So right in front of Hakeem Butler. I think I. Oh, uh, you know what's funny? You know what's funny? I think JJ Arcega Whiteside. Like, who are you missing out on? Oh yeah, no, hold on. No, oh, no, his second round pick. I'm 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 fairly positive I took Hakeem Butler. Hold on. No, you took uh, Andy Isabella too. Well, let's yep, just be, about, add him to the list. I'm like, <laughs> once you got past DK and AJ Brown, like, let's uh, be clear. If you took him at 108, you took him over Terry McLaurin. <laughs> well, yeah, Terry. A lot of people. Hold on. Yes, I'm we took a, I'm not blame you for that. And Deontay <laughs> Johnson. We we took Akeem Butler over. Trust, over Terry I took Akeem Butler as a first round as a rookie too. I was I was all oh, everybody was. Sold I drank the Kool Aid. Yep. I'm I'm Size trying to go back. Matters. Until it doesn't. Right. <laughs> Size doesn't matter. I demand equality. Um, okay. Uh, the the last guy we'll we'll, we'll talk Pittman because it's like I, Ryan, you have you have Naheem Hines. It's like man, I don't really want to talk about Naheem Hines. Yeah, we so. know who he is. I, I just can't imagine he sees the targets he saw last year. That's why he's my downside. So. He won't see the touchdowns. He might see the targets. He just he had a lot of touchdown luck. I just I just feel year. like Jonathan Taylor. Or proved he's better at that role than even Hines is. Hines did well, don't get me wrong. Mm. When Taylor finally took over in those last games, which were hugely popular for a lot of running backs, Hines fell all the way into like wide receiver 55 or, or uh, running back 55 right. or something. It was like terrible. So. Right. Cause again, okay, yeah, it was the touch. He was still averaging about like 10, 11 touches, but it just, he scored zero touchdowns. Yeah. He, well, more importantly, he only averaged four targets per game over those last five games and 60 targets mm-hmm. just ain't getting it done. So. Right. 
Imagine drafting the worst of the two Ohio State receivers is basically what Daniel is saying here. And, like, it's not like, oh, there's a little bit of discrepancy. No, like, there's I mean, a... to be fair, Campbell was more productive in college. Right, he was the reason to... Yeah. Right, he was the reason... I mean, it, was with McLaurin, it was all about you had to project forward. And mm-hmm. you always find teams find themselves in trouble when they try to do that and then overdraft somebody. So, yeah, you know, is what it is, but... So I guess the the last guy to to end on here is Michael Pittman, and what an awful name to end on. Not saying that Pittman is bad, <laughs> but I don't really know what to what to make of him. He's probably the wide receiver one. I was gonna say I I have him statted out as my as the wide receiver one for the. Colts, I think he's so. the clear. Yeah, well, I think he'll be the clear one. Yeah, I mean that's that's what I imagine at this point because T. Y. Hilton is washed. He'll have his two good games against Houston. So from weeks 12 to 17, T.Y. Hilton was the wide receiver 11 in fantasy last year. I love T.Y. How many times did he play Houston? Yeah, twice. He played Houston twice. Yep. Right, I was about to most of the (laughs) T.Y. Hilton is good. You know, it was was funny because I said – When Houston says daddy, T.Y. says what's up. Like it's that simple. <laughs> when when I was going into my playoff matchup, I thought this was the funniest thing. It was I believe it was the first week of the playoffs when Derrick Henry was playing a gar- garbage deep, absolutely garbage defense. Like he put Jacksonville up, he, or somebody, yeah, something like that. He put up like fifty points. I said I was scared of Derrick Henry and T. Y. Hilton for the sole reason T. Y. Hilton was playing in Houston. That is he. I don't care how old T.Y. Hilton is. He could be 80. He would still drop 300 yards on the on the Houston Texans in five touchdowns. Doesn't matter. They 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 can't I feel like they Ryan's see, waiting to put us all to shame with what he's got. Ryan, they see him twice a year and they still haven't figured him no, out. No, no, and none of what you're saying is wrong at all. I'm just saying he beat other teams over that same thing. I, I wasn't even going to argue with you. I was just going to go back to. When I went and looked, you just had that look on your face, like just shut up, kids. I'm going to put you to bed. (laughs) The main thing is when I went and look at Michael Pittman's stats from last year, and I, I I just don't. It's I feel like I'm looking at Cole Komet. I don't understand where all this love is coming from. You you exactly where it's coming from. Please, it looks exactly like Alshon Jeffrey. Oh man, I swear I I have it. He is a bigger, more athletic Alshon Jeffrey. But no, remember exactly what he had like leg compartmental syndrome. That is a life threatening injury. Like that was a serious injury that he had in the middle of the season and came back. And like the towards that last stretch of the season, he was getting. I think he had like at least five targets out of like the last, you know, seven out of the eight or seven out of last night. I just want to throw two quick arguments back at you guys before Joe chimes in here. Last year. And I was the first one to make that I saw that made this comparison. He looked just like Mike Williams. Didn't really play out on the field. Hmm. All of this injury thing was the exact reason people tried to talk me up on DJ Chark going into last year, where I said he fell off at the end of the season. They said, oh, it was injury. It was injury. It was injury. It wasn't fucking injury. So I just don't know. We're, we're saying these things about these players that we're trying to convince ourselves, but sometimes what they show us on the field is what they show us on the field. 
But I think I think he showed some good stuff on the field at the end of the season. Not in fantasy. Yeah, for like in the playoff game, in their most important game. Okay, now I'll give yeah. you that. I when I look, I look strictly at one through seventeen. So there might be yeah, something. Yeah, he, he had eleven targets in their their playoff. Like he was their their guy. And again, I think most if you think about it, most of the the rookies that struggled, they kind of had that that injury in the the middle of the season. And with Shark, I mean, he, he got injured again. I mean, he was he was dealing with. Yeah, he did have five for ninety in that playoff game. That's that that's a point I'm willing to concede. I didn't look. The downside. That really with Pittman was he only had one touchdown after week eight. But they so, only have one touchdown on the season. I believe so. Correct. Yeah. So but I, again like I think that's a good thing. You know, we, we, we see all the time like everybody because we see Justin Jefferson break out for the most receiving yards in by a rookie in NFL history, everybody expects a rookie to just light the world on fire. Some of these guys need time to progress. And with Carson it's always been I need somebody that I can trust. If Pittman's able to use his body to square up defenders the same way that Alshon did, and again, I'm not saying he can, but he has that same style. And actually, he's bigger than Alshon. He's an inch taller he's and about athletic, yeah. 50, uh, yeah, like 10 pounds heavier. Like, he's bigger, he's more athletic. They're rough. They ran about actually the same 40 time coming out of, of college, respectively. But if Carson's going to see that, hey, that's a big body that I can just throw to, and I don't need to be—I don't need to worry about being accurate because when Carson misses, Carson misses high. And if you're going to miss high, you're going to do that on somebody who's six four and has a large wingspan, and that's what Michael Pittman has. So I think that there's a benefit of trust there. So that's why I think that he's ultimately going to lead the team in targets because again, I'm not the biggest T.Y. Hilton believer. I'm just, I think he's done. And again, he could very well surprise me and that's great. If he does, awesome. I, I'm more worried and, and interested to see how the team is going to work the tight ends into the equation. Yeah. Because Carson has been very big on utilizing the tight end position. And so have the Colts. <laughs> they have been correct. But when you look at the trends of late, Jack Doyle's been their starter, but he's been the guy that's in line blocking. So he's not running, he's not being that move tight end which was the Trey Burton role, which was for a short time, the Mo Alley Cox role. And now you add in Kylan Granson, a rookie who, again, we see all the time with rookies, they tend to take time with this tight end position. I think there's, I think there's going to be a lot of targets really divvied up at the tight end position, which is why I'm not looking to invest in the tight end position, which is why I would invest in Pittman as a result. And I'm not against Pittman. I just I could see it shaking. I mean, out for his ADPs, way, so. well, for all of their ADPs, right? I'll tell you right now, if all three of them are there, I know I'm the odd man out here. I'm taking Ty Hilton. So, so, uh, and that's that's the one thing I wanted to end on here. I actually switched gears. Uh, I saw Paris Campbell's ADP and was like, holy. Wow, yeah, that's wide receiver seventy or something. Seventy one, two, yeah. Wide receiver seventy one, according to Fantasy Pros PPR. And uh, obviously, we're going to end with our favorite game show of all time. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure the answer is Paris Campbell. <laughs> These are going to be some names right here. Yeah. Are we sure, though? All right. Are we sure? No, I'm not, because there's so many good wide receivers this year. Because would you rather Paris Campbell or AJ Green? Drew. Oh, you found Campbell. my kryptonite. I was about to say, Cam- I had to Campbell. I'm not going to lie. I had to think about it, but okay. yeah, I'll, I'll still go. Josh? Campbell. I'm sorry, say that one more time. It was Campbell and who? AJ Green. Pass. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, Ryan? 
AJ Green. AJ Green, like all day, every day. What do he's the wide receiver too in an offense where he's no where he doesn't have to. I get mean, technically, Paris Campbell could Paris be the wide too, receiver too right, as well. So. Too. Yeah. One yeah, of them has Kyler Murray. And DeAndre Hopkins Kyler across Murray's, from them. He's a great fantasy quarterback. He's an average passer, though. I think fantasy community kind of hypes him up for what he is, but he is not like a prolific passer. Oh, yeah, no. AJ Green. AJ Green. Green. That's not he just question. Burnt me, man. Like I defended him so much last year. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Most inefficient. Last year was a rough year to defend him. <laughs> but no, I, I do think he will be better this year, though. Just a note. Uh, how about uh, Paris Campbell or Sterling Shepard? Drew. Paris Campbell. Josh. I'm actually going to take Sterling Shepard on this one. I think he's phased out. It's it's close for me, but I, I would go Shep. Sterling Shepard. That's my point. Is like these guys down here near him. You know, you're kind of taking a shot at these guys. And what's funny Shepard... is I just went and looked. Paris Campbell actually stats out as my wide receiver, 71. So I have his ADP as perfect. <laughs> Nailed it. Last couple. Paris Campbell or the rookie Terrence Marshall Jr. in Carolina, Drew. Um, I'll take I'll take Paris Campbell just because I think Marshall would be kind of a slow starter. Josh. I'm going to take Campbell also. Marshall's not going to get the rushing opportunities that Curtis Samuel had, so he's not going to have the same type of season. Ryan? Campbell. Give me every LSU receiver from that national championship <laughs> team. Every I want all of them. And so, like, If Marshall comes out and ends up being like the, the T. Higgins of this class, I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, yeah. absolutely. People were yeah, afraid of Higgins too because of like Green and Boyd. I think it was crowded, but you know, talent, talent finds a way. We had Jeff Hasley on from Football Guys a few weeks ago, and he was very, he spoke very highly of Marshall. He's a big Panthers mm-hmm. guy, and said that he could see Marshall leading the team in touchdowns. So, yeah. I love go back to Higgins. It's almost like someone in this show said he's literally AJ Green. You should draft him. Yes. <laughs> next, next. Uh, I just snagged him at the eight ten in our uh, Scott Fishbowl division. Boom. AJ Green or Terrence Marshall? Okay. No, T Higgins. Please tell me T Higgins. Oh, eight yes. ten. Oh. <laughs> what the? That's oh well. Scott Fish is strange. Right, so receivers. Yes. Well, it's also super flex. <laughs> well, it's yes. super flex and tight end premium, so everyone feels like they're okay. Okay, that's end, that's so. fair. That's receivers fair. Receivers just being dumped. To like um. <laughs> okay the the last one. Paris Campbell, because I know some of you guys are high on this guy. Denzel Mims, Drew. Uh, yeah, I'm one of them. I still gotta go Campbell, just because I don't buy too much into training camp hype, but it is, you know, concerning that he's just kind of getting getting pushed back. Okay, Josh. I'm gonna go Mims. I'm on that train, so I'm gonna go Mims. That's a rough train to be on, Ryan. Okay. <laughs> Again, close. Price. Essay close, but I'd go Mims. Yeah, if they didn't draft Elijah Moore, I would go Mims. But I, yeah, that I think would help. Moore is just suppo- supposedly just this next next big stud. You know, that's what that's what the rumors are. Uh, Davis there too, Corey Davis. I think too bad he's not going to be able to beat Jamison Crowder on the depth chart. <laughs> I will. Uh, oh man, I will draft Tim Patrick from the Denver Broncos. Actually, yes. about seven <laughs> rounds later, who I just land in like the twenty second round of a dynasty. Yeah, I, I saw that. I was like, man, Ryan's really going with uh, just the proven commodities and screwing the young bucks here. That's it, yep. dude. T- Timmy P. I, mean, if, I guess Timmy yeah, if Sutton goes down again, he's kind of the man up. Oh heck yeah, Timmy P. Okay, that is everything for this week's show. Drew, thanks for coming in last minute, man. 
It was fun. Yeah, yes, we very much myself. appreciate it. I'll go back yeah. to the practice squad and I'll be ready for the next time. Yes, there sir. You no, you're on the you're on the fifty three man roster now. You're just oh, on the did bench. I make it? All right. Yep. Yeah, you just <laughs> made it. You're riding the pine tar for a little bit. All right. Next week, first time guest with no pun intended. I leaked his name, so we had to get him on the show. Ask actually, Luke Sawhook, the uh, the quad squad leader. Uh, yep. The man who probably runs your favorite site's Twitter handle, according yeah. to what the show doc says, and host of the Hooked on Fantasy podcast on the show. I don't know any of these things. I just know Luke as he does everything Twitter-wise. That's really yes. uh, that's where I see. He that's runs see your him. other favorites. Tw- yeah, that, that, he's all over social yeah. media, everywhere. Yeah, Love we're gonna we're gonna preview the Tennessee Titans, the Seattle Seahawks, and his favorite team, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, look forward to a lot of disappointment from these three teams this season. They'll make the playoffs and then shit their pants. That's essentially what all three of them will do this uh, this upcoming season. Um, I don't really have anything else to close out. I feel like this is just a very smooth show. Make sure you go to clubfantasyffl.com and read all of Drew's work. The man is absolutely killing it. Busted his ass this week. Absolutely killing it. Yeah, that wasn't in the show doc, by the way. So Josh shouldn't tell me to say that. Oh, I don't that. want. I don't want to. Held, you to. I shouldn't need to tell you to say that. I don't want to be held accountable for my actions. <laughs> These are not the views of Joe's. <laughs> <laughs> tweets, tweets, and uh, subjects are my own views, not supported or backed by the company. But yes, head to clubfantasyffl.com. You can follow Drew at DrewMet underscore FF, so you can see all his stuff that comes out there as well, and discuss with him on Twitter. Follow Josh at the One Hudsonian, Ryan at the Fantasy Five, myself at Joe underscore Zolo. And you can follow Club Fantasy on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Club Fantasy FFL. The URL is clubfantasyffl.com. Next week, join us once more for our Look Inside team previews featuring Luke Sawhook, who probably runs your favorite site's Twitter handle. That's what we're going with. Um, <laughs> that's what I, that's his title. He runs your favorite social media site. Um, we preview the Tennessee Titans, Seattle Seahawks, and Pittsburgh Steelers. Always remember, defense wins championships, offense wins fantasy football. We will see you next week.